All right, how many of you in Leaf Nation raised your Twitter eyebrows when the Leaf score was 4-1 last <laughs> night versus the Boston Bruins? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jennifer Rolnick, Sammy McKee. Right back at you after a huge win by the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did they slay the dragon? Eh, maybe not. They wounded him. The dragons hurt. Did the Boston Bruins go down like Chris Rock? Well, Chris Rock didn't go down. <laughs> Give him credit. Yeah, sure. Not sure if the Boston Bruins did, but hey, don't critique a win here. They got her done. I mean, we said there was some, uh, this was an evaluation game. They went into Boston. They handed their butts to them, I believe is the tactful way to put it. Okay, we will critique. Yeah, we're, that's what we do. For the next little while. Well, it's important. It is. And Sammy, uh, you know, we've got our group uh, chats going mm-hmm. every game. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I, I I would have hoped that the Leafs, if you're if you're gonna slap the Boston Bruins, I, it would have been nice to finish off maybe eight two in a perfect world. It didn't happen. Of course, certain events led to that. Most notably, losing uh, two defensemen. Yeah. To close out the game. I will say I'm pretty embarrassed about how nervous I was when the Bruins made it 6-2. to two. When they made it 6-2 to two at the end of the second period and they were <laughs> buzzing around, they had a lot of chances. Schalgren actually made a really good save on a tip in front of the net. I was sitting there to myself being saying, don't let the third one before the end of the second period. And if that doesn't tell you how a lot, and listen, I'm not the only one you that got felt like scars. that. scars. Scars. I've got demons. They're in my bed. They're under the bed. They're in my car. They should be hard. They should be hardened scars, though. They're not. It's as soon as that game starts. As soon as those guys are wearing black and yellow jerseys, Brad Marchand's still out there. They're all out there. If the Leafs do end up playing the Boston Bruins in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, it is going to be an absolute grind for Toronto (laughs) Maple Leaf fans. Emotional roller coaster. Grind, JB. To Sammy's point. Were you more nervous or, or at least thinking that this thing isn't over at 6-2? Or I'm watching in the last few minutes, oh, Pasternak. 6-4 heal- a minute and a half to go and past is like this. You're, you're he, nervous. He, he, he healed a, a one-timer yeah. that brings you back to the center ice face-off at 6-5. I know. Listen. I know. <laughs> I, sent, I sent a tweet, uh, a, a reverse jinx tweet. Yeah, that when uh, that weird goal that they disallowed and then they allowed was Hall, right? That kicked Shogun's legs and then went into the net or whatever. I sent a tweet that said, if this goal counts, the Bruins are going to tie the game. Because in my true heart of hearts, <laughs> that's what I felt. That's wow. how broken. And I honestly, they were that's up. Messed up. They were up 6-4. Yeah. And I honestly thought Chara was going to come over the boards and start slapping shots from the point and Reimer was going to be back in net. It just felt like Game 7 2013 all over again. Do, do you think <laughs> therapy could help you? No. Do you Not think least. they offer sports therapy Not where least. you just like go talk to someone and be like, it's affecting my life? I, and, and when I was 24, I probably should have done that. Yeah. And, I've, I've changed a little bit. And, and for Leaf fans, that should be covered under OHIP. <laughs> it really should. That might be the funniest thing you've ever said on this show. Oh, Kipper. <laughs> but listen, I, uh, I was impressed. I, you know, the score six on them. I feel, I, I would say that I feel better today having watched that game about a potential playoff series than I did sitting here 24 hours ago. Let's yeah. just say that. The one thing I think bothers me about last night is it's it's a game that I would have rather seen for Sammy and everybody else out there. Boston drop like flies. See their Injury roster. Wise, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. Right? Yes. I mean, why is it always the Leafs that end up uh, losing guys? I got this weird theory about this. is like the time of year to take your injuries. Let the guys rest up, get ready to go for playoffs. It's I know it's not good. I okay. know. But well, we'll let's right. start with uh, the elephant in the room here. Peter Morazic. Boy. Okay. It's gotten to the point where it's beyond ridiculous here. Yeah. For the third time. And we're not talking about 
a stretching out post to post. We're talking about standing there and going, uh, where's he going? Yeah. It's the strangest thing I think I've ever seen. As, As a player, I've never experienced watching a guy disappear like this the third time this season. Yeah. No, and I know, Sammy, you've got an opinion on the uh, – well, go ahead. Well, no, it's just that, like, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you know, it's bad luck for Mrazek. It's bad luck. It's just had a year from hell. It's a nightmare season. This happens to him every year. He's a known Band-Aid. Like, he always gets hurt. That's a big part of what you – that was a huge risk with him, that he always gets hurt. You had the risk with Jack Campbell, who was injury-prone, and this is the guy that you tied the big contract to – like, I'm not really here for the people saying it's a year from hell when a guy has been dealing with injuries like this for his whole career. The, the guy came around the net. He went down to a knee to defend it, and he skates off the ice. I, yeah. I, I agree with Kipper. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like it. Well, the, the stretch run here, this last month, April, was supposed to be the month where we go, do they have something in Peter Mrazek or not? Like, can they trust him? And this is unfortunate. You don't want to blame a guy for his injuries, but you can't trust him because he's just he's got dried rubber bands for groins. Never to be trusted again. That's it. It's over. Well, and now it's, I mean, it's a question for your off season and down the road what you do. But for this I, I, season, for, like, it's no, nobody, nobody, children. No, you're in survival mode for this year. Yeah. I mean, you have, what do you do now? It's Jack Campbell. And we talked earlier in the show. I, I expect him to play Thursday. Tomorrow oh, against Winnipeg. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, more so than ever yeah. now. Yeah, whether he's halfway and ready or not. We'll, we'll see. Tomorrow they'll they'll watch who takes the, the, the home net uh, during morning skate. Could they possibly go to Shulgren? Of course they could and buy one more game. Yeah. But, but Jack's cleared. He's ready to go. Put him in. Right. And with a rib, it doesn't it doesn't seem like something that he would re-injure. It just hurts to do no, X, Y, Z. It's healed. Yes. Okay. Because there's a real chance. Like, I mean, Campbell has had injury issues in the past. I don't know what this is made of, but like, you can be looking at a Shelgren Wool tandem heading into first round. Like, e- even if Peter Morazic finds a way, and you know, first of all, you don't buy into Kevin Biak says that he, he could be back in a day or two. On Morazic? <laughs> On Morazic? No, he's I, gone for a month. Yeah, guaranteed. I, I don't think you'll see him in a Leafs jersey even, this year. Even if he maybe ever again, even if he comes back and uh, and he's cleared, how do you put him in a backup role? Yeah, not how? knowing without seeing him play some games. Even and- if Jack was to come back and get the net, if him by if in fact you lose Jack, how would you be comfortable now going to Mrazek when he could just pull himself out of the game at any second for no apparent reason? Mm-hmm. And now you're down to another Zamboni driver. I know. Okay, let's listen to what Sheldon said on uh, on Peter Mrazek. It's tough. I, obviously, I mean, we already have Jack out, so when you see that, it's tough. But, yeah, I mean, Peter's been getting some traction here and had been playing well. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's tough, but he's he's been through these kind of things before. So, you know, we don't know the severity of it. We'll, we'll get a greater... Uh, greater sense of what what the situation is in the coming days, but uh, it looks like he's going to miss some time. He was injured on October 14th versus Ottawa. He didn't play again for over two weeks. October 30th, he came back uh, against Detroit and got played, hurt. Played the full game. Played the full game, yeah. but they was hurt during, the, during game. the game. Yeah, And then he didn't come back for a month and a half. Was out till December 11th. Against the Hawks. Against the Hawks, and, and then it, he didn't it, see game action after that. Until, until January, but that was more... COVID due to related. the COVID pause, really. Right. So came back after that. Yeah. Was not very good for a run. Had two good hockey games here. Gone. And we're back. It's a bad signing, boys. Yeah, it's a bad signing. It's just you wanna you can make excuses well, it's about not the, good. About the injuries <laughs> and you can make excuses about Yeah. It's a bad signing. This was and miss. again, uh Kyle was in bit of a desperate mode here to find someone that could be in a position with experience backing up Jack. Yeah, That's essentially to... what it was. It was a it 
You needed a sort of starter. The moment Kyle Dubas traded for Jack Campbell was the day I said Anderson's uh, fate is sealed here. They are grooming this guy. And even with Mrazic signing, it was towards grooming Jack as the number one guy. And good on Jack. He took the opportunity and he ran with it the first 35 games. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, but, but much like the trade deadline, JB, not a lot of great choices out there for him. Right. Peter Mrazic was, in his mind, the best of a situation I just don't know where he needed to go for the third year and whether or not he was in a bidding war for Mrazic services at uh, the, the 3.9 he ended up right. spending on an AAV. I, I don't, don't know. The, was. I don't, I don't know the extent to that, yeah. but maybe it was his way of solidifying a guy that had the experience that he had had to back up Jack. It's gone. It's vanished. Yeah. And, not that Leaf Nation really cares about this, but I, I got to almost think that his career is in jeopardy now with with a groin that can, yeah. can give out on you at Just, any moment. Right. Well, uh, you know, part of me, we were joking before the oh, show. by the way, Marc-Andre Fleury, first star from Minnesota Wild back then. <laughs> yeah. Completely unrelated. Anyways, continue. We were being a little, you know, joking around before the, the show, but like... I don't know if if he can't play. Is that LTI retired? Like one of those things where the contract he just he gets paid out by insurance and frees you of that deal. I don't know. That that's just a long shot. But if Mrazic feels like, look, I tried three separate yeah. times this year and my groin just quit. I mean, you kind of need one of those to play goal in the NHL. Yeah, that's not solving any problems though right now. No, it's not. Shelgren came in. Uh, don't know what you thought of Shelgren. Maybe didn't have as much opportunity to evaluate him, but. The posts were very good. Uh, I actually, for for uh, when you think about the circumstances of that building and that history, and uh, the teams being tied and watching your your starter disappear like that, and then getting thrust, I think he did really well. Yeah, completely and, agree. And, and, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he could have easily more than acceptable. And yeah. you can you Couple can argue shaky ones, but it's uh, maybe a few nerves there in the. We'll Curtis, permit him that. Curtis Lazar goal uh, under all of that pressure. On those things. Oh my gosh, I think he's done terrific so yeah. far. And you know, credit to the team in front of him. You know, when did he come in? Ten minutes into the first period, like it was pretty early in the game. Mm-hmm. One 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 right? one. Yeah. And you know, credit to the team in front of him. They got some depth scoring last night. You know, they had the one from Blackwell, but the you know the D score one. You get Camp gets a goal. Kerfoot, you know, makes a great play to to earn a break. Quality play in front of him. I don't know if that's because he's there, but they've tended to play well when he's been in the net for whatever reason. So where do you want to go next? Boys? Well, last night, teeing up the game, I had said that uh, the Bruins at least have come in the last month and a half or so, the more complete team from line to one to four, mm-hmm. and yet it was the Leafs that probably got the better of the Boston Bruins from what, uh, line one to line four. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that depth kind of came together a little bit, including uh, I thought was a, a good solid fourth line. They, they got the goal. Yeah, they got the goal. And I just, you know, I like Kyle Clifford. I, I feel like maybe I don't see something with Clifford that the team does or, does or something, but I think he's really good. I, he's a perfect, and Kipper's talked about it. He's a perfect fourth he's line guy. He's a professional fourth line Skates guy. Skates hard, big body, finishes his every around. check yeah. without fail. Mm-hmm. Boy, it, he went flying at McAvoy. McAvoy's tough. You see that? They, yeah. He comes flying in. He, he takes, takes some down. hits too. For sure, but he's in the mix. And you're right. And Blackwell's flying around yeah. out there. You, like, you, you nailed it. He's in the mix. And I think the one thing that uh, Wayne Simmons has issues with on the fourth line is the path that he takes to arrive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas Clifford's more mentality is straight lines. I think there's more. Simmons has kinda... offense in his brain still. He'd love to get a puck and get a pass. And, and I think that's been the issue. And you've already got one of those guys named Jess- Jason Spezza. Mm-hmm. Jason Spezza still has top six mentality, meaning that every once in a while, he's not scared to toe drag somebody. Oh, he's not scared at all. It, it, three, <laughs> three feet into the blue line. Yeah. That's made great, not made a great play in the, on the opening goal for the Leafs. Last no, no. Um, uh, oh, oh, Simmons. Clifton made a, a great play for the Leafs Clifton on that first goal. Bad. You know, we look, we were going through Boston's team. That's a bad pair. 
Yeah, he was bad. But last they night. do look like a, a fourth line that gets the purpose of why they're there. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon has made comments about that. The energy, momentum, and, and it's always great to get a, a goal. That is a that is a cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, a fourth line goal. Oh, it's like house money and, after that. But it's that is not your your sole purpose to go out there and and create an early lead for the team. It's about the process. It's about the the energy. It's about the momentum. Yeah. Well, and we, I thought they did a, a a very good job last night. We played that clip yesterday of Keith talking about what he wants from his fourth line. Yes. And they kind of did exactly momentum, what he asked for. Play in there and, and they had affect the game they had positively. A, they had a couple shaky ones here and there, but that's a fourth line that's going to happen. But most of the time, I don't know what their fancy stuff was last night, but it seemed like they weren't hemmed in for a lot of yeah. the time. Boston tried to get their top guys out against that line, and mm-hmm. they, they I thought they held their own. I can yeah. actually pull that up while we're yeah. talking, but I thought they were but good. But it's still a work in progress. I think uh, a Blackwell is sometimes, uh, Ooh, they you were know, awesome. I, 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 just situational uh, decisions. With and Blackwell. I think, well, yeah, with, with the fourth line, okay. always very important. But I thought overall last night watching the Leafs, uh, their situational play mm-hmm. is much better than I've seen all season long. Okay. And maybe it's the geo factor here because well, we It's real. It's it's real, absolutely. Again, at some point we're going to see maybe foot speed being an issue, but what overwhelms everything else, trumps everything else is that he is probably the smartest situational player they have right now. Mm-hmm. And, he, he and, know, and that is started to that. bleed into the organization, into the the roster. I, I thought they say, were good last night. I did too. I still feel like Morgan Riley's the one guy where I'm like, guy, it is six three. You know, just defense it Listen, up. Listen, there was that, a you, you know how I felt about that all year, the pinches and how yeah. I would just take those away. Gotta change the way until you, play. you understand and you manage the scoreboard. Yeah. And yeah, I mean A two would have been nice. It ended up six four. That's a work in progress. Down to four D backup goalie. If they learn situational play on when to pinch when to not pinch hey morgan when to go behind the opposition's net right and when not to they're, they're gonna improve dramatically here in in a short while yeah so on the broadcast last night and you're talking about situational play kind of bleeding throughout the lineup it was late in the third period i think it was six two or six three at the point and they had a good response shift after the six three goal went in and it was either simmer it was either cuthbert that mentioned it and Kerfoot had Tavares sort of half open in front of the net. And it was, you know, it would have been a risky pass going out towards your slot. You mm-hmm. know, if it, it was through a couple of sticks and he turns back and takes it into the corner. And it's like, that's exactly what we've been talking about, where read the scoreboard, figure yeah. out what's happening in a game like that, in an environment like that. And it's just, it just goes back to that situational stuff. And to their credit, the fourth period, or sorry, the third period did sort of just play out pretty uneventfully. I understand Boston scored a couple, but obviously the Leafs are seriously limited. Uh, they lose last night to Ilya Labushkin to a concussion. They lose um, Hall to, was it? Puck in the head. Puck in the head. So likely concussion as well. Obviously Mrazek. So you're down to 4D. It was a tough spot in that third period, but I thought they they managed it fairly well. Before we get into the hot-button topic, of course, everybody's talking about Labushkin and uh, the fact that Hall uh, was not suspended yeah. off of that uh, retaliation hit. I love that we haven't talked about it off the air either. We saved this so, now. Mm. Uh, before we get into that, let's just get to... Let's go to a, a Kipper's Clipper here and uh, pick up Sheldon Keefe on the physical element of the game last night. Right. Yeah, I thought we were fine. I thought we held our ground. I thought we stood in there, continued to make plays. You know, um, I think part of part of that side of it that came out at times. I think that was in response to you know us pulling away in the game and, and uh, being in control. So I thought it was uh, it was a good job by our guys to make the game that way, and then we just continued to play. I liked it. You know, we went. Uh, most of the third period without even giving up a scoring chance, you know, uh, in response to that. And there wasn't really a whole lot of life in, in the third period up until the very end. So our guys did their job. It was a tough period for us with four defensemen. And it was, you know, we, we talked to the, the forwards and everything to just take care of our D in terms of taking care of the puck and slowing down the pace of the play. And <clears throat> we had some forwards in mind to go and take some shifts on defense back there, but it just... 
Every time I looked down, uh, the, the D looked comfortable. I, I believe you uh, mentioned it last night on the telecast. You covered the game, of course, uh, for Sportsnet. You look great on TV, Borny. <laughs> Thanks. Hunky. <laughs> Anyways, Thanks, handsome. Big, big time. Uh, that's all I get in the chat. Uh, and uh, he's a handsome guy. I'm so glad you're on YouTube now. <laughs> I'm like, what am I, chop liver here? It's, it's a handsome show here. Oh, hey? Yeah, hey. Fellas, come on. Oh. You mentioned with the big lead, the Boston Bruins coming at the Leafs, yeah. how they're going to respond. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, was it, uh, it, it didn't escalate probably where you thought it, it could have. Yeah, and I do wonder if there were 6D for the Leafs, if it would have escalated more. I, I feel like the Leafs were in a position where they just couldn't, right? You couldn't engage and risk lo- losing someone to a five-minute or a major or an injury. Uh, no, I don't buy that because okay. uh, that's just not their style. Yeah, you don't think if they had six, all of a sudden it's... Six, four, it won't be... Everywhere. It, it'll just... It'll be the same. I, I think we just heard it from Keith and his... It, it's... They're, they are not... Uh, and they don't initiate, right? Mm-hmm. They don't go out there and they don't go looking for it but for... But they took it and kept moving forward. For one exception, oh. since he's been traded here, Labushkin. He will go out there. He will search. How many times have yeah. we seen this guy look for the... Mother load of a hit. Right by the blue. He's just looking he's to take hands around. off. Yeah. And I, I love it. Personally. Yeah, of course you yeah. love it. Every Leaf fan loves it. Yeah. Because you haven't seen it. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're allowed to do that? Yeah. He is the one guy that will go out and, and look for it. And Taylor Hall. Got it. Got it. So just before we get into what he did, what'd you think of the actual hit? Because I thought it was borderline and I thought he could have been called for a penalty. The Labushkin hit? The Labushkin hit on I thought it was awkward and I didn't, it didn't bother I, me. I, didn't, I thought if they had a call to penalty, it wouldn't have bothered me. But I thought it was a good non-call too. You know? I think, uh, I think it did factor into their decision not to uh, suspend him. That maybe for sure. was a little more justified? Well, first of all, you're going back to that age-old argument that, you know, if a guy's hurt, Mm -hmm. does that mean more of a suspension than he's not? If if I watch that, I probably see that once a game. Where someone takes a hit and then goes and gives someone a shot. And uh, he gets up, and it's a two-minute penalty for roughing. And you move on. Yeah. So now he's hurt. When you, when you first watched it, I, I the first angle I got, I thought he I, I thought he uh, Hall drove him into the boards, but it was just a a punch. Yeah, I yeah right. Uh, the people that I was with and the texts I were getting initially were like, I can't believe Labushkin dove. Like I can't believe you know that was the initial reaction. It was not the case, obviously. So my first thought was he's staying down to get the call. Right. He's pulling a bunting. Yeah. Right. That he's just going to lie there a little longer, maybe stare down the official, put some pressure on him. Almost open-handed from Hall. I kind of got his thumb in there. It was an awkward. And then he's it's legit here. Yeah, he, he is. Was, he was in trouble. He's in trouble here. He's hunched over, has difficulty getting to the bench, needs assistance. I don't know who the Leaf was that waved uh, the bench in. Maybe Morgan Riley. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know whether he said something or it was just the look that. Uh, the concern, but this was a legit. He didn't come back. So, fine. Suspension. So, Did you like it? Did you not? I don't like a guy essentially punching another guy. And I think that there's uh, ample reason to believe that this really is no different than what we saw earlier this season when Dylan Larkin, yeah, okay. under the same conditions. It's Matthew Joseph. Against Matthew Joseph. And for those of you that didn't see it, you know, you want to, after our show, of course, don't leave our show uh, on YouTube. Uh, go take a look. And there's tremendous similarities. Now, Larkin got a, a one-game suspension. And I just dug up the NHL's reasoning when they do the videos. Yeah. And when you listen to the NHL's explanation on why Dylan Larkin got suspended... Compare it to what you saw last night, Mm -hmm. and then we'll pick it up from there. Okay. Thursday night in Detroit, Red Wings forward Dylan Larkin was assessed a match penalty for a forceful retaliatory strike to the face of Lightning forward Matthew Joseph. As the video shows, Larkin and Joseph race toward a loose puck, 
and Larkin cuts in front of Joseph to establish position. Joseph shoves Larkin, causing him to hit the boards and fall to the ice. Larkin then gets to his feet, finds Joseph, and swings wildly, punching the unsuspecting Joseph in the face with a gloved hand with sufficient force to knock him to the ice. This is roughing. It is important to note that this is not a case of two players who willingly engage in a mutual confrontation. Joseph has no warning that he is about to be punched, and Larkin gives him no time to brace for contact, defend himself, or choose to engage in the altercation. We understand that Larkin is frustrated on this play, but as our department has established in the past, players are not excused from punishment merely because they are acting in response to the actions of another player. What causes this play to rise to the level of supplemental discipline is the retaliatory nature of the punch and the force with which it is delivered to an unsuspecting opponent. It literally could have been about that play. Huh. So for me, that should have been a, a suspension. I will say that I didn't think it was in the moment. When I watched it at first, I was not remotely bothered by it. I didn't think Hall. I thought he was kind of open-handed. But you've got a guy who was clearly retaliating, who injured an opponent with a concussion. You know, when you are playing hockey, you have to control your stick. If you high stick someone and it hurts them, cuts them by accident, you got to pay the penalty. Same thing with Hall. You swing at someone and you cause damage, even if you didn't intend to cause that much damage, you still got to pay the price. That's a suspension. But as our department has established in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently they're not using that part. So a lot of of boxes checked. Yeah. But there's two that don't check. And I got to think that's the only reason why he was fined and not suspended. He's wearing wearing a Bruins jersey? (laughs) (laughs) No. That was pretty good. Yeah. Super fan. Once in a while. You said it. Force. Force. Sufficient force. They didn't see the same force. Yeah. They didn't see the... It's like a reach for they, a they face didn't, wash. They, they didn't see the, the, the wild swing. They, like Larkin's is definitely worse. It is a lot... It's, it's a lot more vicious. Yeah. His swing. Yeah. So that's it. They just looked at the shot that had more of a, a roughing feel to it than a forceful swing Mm -hmm. that's got to be it yeah it's got to be it but you know i you know that's why i'm not like that upset about it it's not one of those ones where i'm like i can't believe you know i see my own twitter feed i follow a lot of these fans i like to have my pulse on you know what people are talking about and there are people mad you know Shanahan needs to go out and speak publicly and rip the refs. And, uh, you know, if, if they don't come out, if Sheldon Keefe doesn't come out and Kyle Dubas doesn't come out, they're, they're you know, not doing their part for the organization. I just don't see it. I didn't think it was that bad. I, I thought it was a spendable play. Give them a game for that. But unfortunately now, serious repercussions for the Leafs. You know, they had a rock-solid D here. And, man, when they have these six guys. Okay, okay, easy on the oh. rock-solid. <laughs> I Kipper, it's I think been it's good the last solid. week. I think Geo changes the whole look. I've because he makes Lilligren good. All of a sudden, I can't. I, I can't go there. I can't go rock solid after what three games now? Shale solid. <laughs> <laughs> it's firm. It's a firm it's group. Much improved. Okay, for sure. Yeah. For all the reasons that we've stated in the last what fifteen minutes? Yeah, uh, or the last few days is there is a calming influence on him and it has a, it's had a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, once everybody's healthy, to your point, they may have some tough decisions here. Yeah. Uh, who's sitting out when Muzzin comes back? Lilligren is playing himself into the playoff chat with him and Justin so, Hall. So, yep. So, anyways, you know, it's just, I saw a lot of the, the anti-Leafs bias again trickling into the feed and into my chat groups and it's not real (laughs) i don't want to believe like i really don't want to be this guy but like you know you talk about gms picking on dubis did they did did uh did peros watch him talking about the officials at the gm meeting yesterday saying oh officiating you see that no one's got it out for anyone i the, the, and then Paros yeah. went to the head yeah. officials and went to the officials and said, I didn't like the way that GM laughed tonight. Can you do this with your, like, come on, what kind of tinfoil hat garbage? The one thing I, I still have an issue with is just the liberties that they do take on the Leafs. 
and yeah, and I, and and let's start with Brad Marchand on John Tavares. Just let's go there for one second, and I am so glad that the official just got him to shut his pie hole up yeah. and throw him in the box for ten minutes. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. It's it's amazing how simple it is to deal with someone who's behaving like that in an unsportsmanlike manner. It's an ama- it's amazing. There's a solution. I I love refies getting to do the unsportsmanlike conduct. He was fighting it four times. Yeah, and I, and, uh, I I don't know uh, who who made the call on it, but I bet you there's ten other officials that wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Thought the same thing. Part of the okay. game, boys. Well, are no, just no, no. A- He's a star. Right. He is their best player. He's a star. People come to pay hit to see him play. Yeah. Brad Marchand is one of the best left wingers in the league. It's not an easy thing for the official to take someone of that stature now and throw him in the box for 10 minutes. Right. But he did it. But he did it. And he, it will make sure Marchand think Chirol. twice again about yapping. Question it works. I've been dying to ask you. So I think back to Marchand and the way he dealt with the Sedin. I uh, was at Henrik or whatever in in 2011 and giving him the the ragdoll baby punches, and you see him go at guys. Is he a guy you're better off saying, "F you, you can't do that," and decking him in the nose, or is he a guy that that he wants that engagement? Then he's getting feedback and he's more likely to do it more. Do you let him sleep or do you go more at Marchand? Well, this is where if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs now, you've you've got to I think. Make that decision. We're either all in before, or all out before on game one. I agree. Before pick, game one, that pick, has pick to have a, a that has to be a conversation. And yeah, again, great. last night I'm watching Marchand give cross checks to Tavares, and okay, Tavares chose not to engage. In fact, uh, we heard from Tavares in his post game comments when he was asked about this uh, exact exact situation. Well, he, uh, he cross checked me a few times. Um, uh, just, just trying to play between the whistles and worry about uh, playing the game. Um, I didn't see the ten get called, so uh, whatever exactly the ten was, I'm not sure. But um, gave me a few cross checks uh, is what it is. I'm just going to keep playing and, and focus on uh, executing and doing the job I need to do. He made up his mind, right? He was just going to play. By the way, it's a shame that boring Sean Monahan got a Twitter account and not boring John Tavares. <laughs> yeah. He is the least interesting person. I, lo- I love the way he plays hockey, but boy, anyway. The decision is there that I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna play and I'm gonna ignore it and I'm gonna move on. Do you think Marchand made a conscious decision? They're down a bunch and just say I'm gonna just go at these guys. I don't think it's any accident. I think yeah, I, these He's guys smart. watch and they 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 know who's the, the easy targets are that they aren't gonna have to. Yeah, and not deal with anything. No coincidence it was a Sedin, then Tavares, and, you know, his pattern of who he's chasing around isn't exactly... Listen, the, the Leafs aren't going to... Clifford, the, Panarin. The Leafs are not going to beat the Boston Bruins in the alley. We know that. And last night's a prime example. But they just have to have the courage to walk through it. Or just find a way to at least make them think that they can they can handle it or they just... We'll find different ways to beat you. And it's not always on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. I, so Wayne Simmons, yes, we can sit there and say, hey, he's having a tough time on the four check. He's not scoring. He's not fighting. But he's the only one that'll just chirp someone back in their face all year long. And I don't know. Sometimes it's just enough for me to, if someone went up to to Brad Marchand or anyone else on the Boston Bruins and just got back in their face a well, little Tavares bit. Tavares is jawing at him a little bit. You're trying to give him a little bit of... Yeah, from 100 feet away. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Yeah, no, Measurement-wise. no, 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 no. <laughs> Everybody can see right through that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good enough. Yeah. I just... See, uh, to is me... Is this Kipper... the only way they're going to beat them? By by just turning the other cheek and then yes. getting their, their power play goal, which was the ended up being the game winner, and then scoring six or seven goals. You is this the is only way that they can beat the Boston Bruins? Is Their play didn't shrink after that. So for me, it's, will you continue to go in on the forecheck and be physical? Will you continue to stop in front of the net, even when Boston's... And I thought last night it was a great example of how the Leafs can be tough. They can take the blows, they can yeah. take the Marshawn shots, and they can keep, keep yeah. going. Keep playing. You think Marchand 
after Tavares in a seven-game series? Like, okay, you, you won you won last night. Yeah. But can you envision now Tavares taking that type of punishment in a seven-game series and coming out on top? Well, so then is the solution that you have to deal with it and face it head on? You know, like if you were talking about the team has to I'll decide if they're the, going to... I'll tell you what the solution is. Austin Matthews, two-game suspension... Right, Tavares do it. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the playoffs. And for the record, you're not actually I, I, calling honest, for him. You're just saying. I'm just to, saying that it, it would be you okay. Come back with something. It would be okay. Yeah. Right. That's all. I mean, we've just never we've, done it ever. Ever. <laughs> and but you know what? Matthews never did it either yeah, over but, five years. But it, there's a smaller sample size with career versus Matthews versus Tavares. I think there's more of a growing space, I guess, with the physical side of it with, with Matthews is, as opposed to Tavares, who has played one way pretty much right. the entire... But you, I know, just you know what's I, encouraging, though, Kipper, is he did he, he got into it with Radko Gudis over and over and over again on Saturday night. Yeah. And he got into it He doesn't it with, back down he's, from guys. He's, he's still going. He does battle. You no, know, he's, he's not becoming like a shrinking violet where he's listen, like, oh, they're being mean to me. I'm he gonna... is constantly on the walls. Right. He's constantly getting hit in front of the net. That's his strength. From the hash marks down low, he battles. Yep. I just don't know what's going to be left of him. As long as you get through one round, a lot of Leafs nations going. We don't care. <laughs> so, can I can I tell you that the I was surprised about something last night. What's that? I, about what Swayman looked like. Every Didn't impress every, you. Every guy that we've had on here talking about the Bruins and talking about how they've solidified their goaltending and Jeremy Swayman is unbeatable. I didn't see that last no, night. No, didn't see it at all, and we didn't see any part. Of what made the Boston Bruins, I think, fourteen and two since mid February. Yeah, and we had Andrew Raycroft on the show yesterday, and I asked him once you get past Lindholm and McAvoy, yeah, what is going on with that? Is that is that a capable defense group? Last night the Leafs ate up Carlo. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised Grizzlick. they ate up Carlo. Oh, no, Carlo was horrible. He was, and I like him. I think he's a good player. And Clifton, yeah, they, four, were, Derek they were a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was, uh, It was. sorry, Clifton who gave it to Spez on the Blackwell goal. Yes. Clifton who got walked by Willie on the Riley goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just pizza city. So I, what I'm getting at here is that I feel much more confident. That it's not Tuca? That it's not no, just in general that because you hear about you don't I don't watch the Bruins as closely as I watch the Leafs and it's like this big bad scary thing that's out there, but watching that sure they're going to play physical they're going to be on the Leafs but the Leafs can score on that team they can play their game against that team yeah that's what I come away from that game feeling I I come away from that game feeling like I like Willie and JT apart. I mm-hmm. thought Nylander looked uh, more engaged last night, at least skating a little bit. The the one play obviously stands out there, already mentioned. But I don't know. I, I just don't see a solution where those guys are both in the second line. I know, Kipper, you said yesterday uh, that's still your preference. But you know what, what, what gets me right now? And I wish I had brought this up earlier because I see the break coming in a few minutes. Yeah, we can blow through it. Yeah, let's blow through it. The, the first line that I have been jockeying for them to give it uh, a different look Michael Bunting's been bad. Yeah. We talked about this, I think, for the last uh, week and a half. That yeah. his, his game has dropped. Like he, he, I thought last night for a guy who's supposed to be pesty and ratty and do the forecheck and get yeah. the puck, first shift of the game, puck goes in deep. He has a chance to put the body on someone in Boston, puts yeah. the brakes on. Same shift, puck goes yeah. in deep, first on the forecheck, doesn't hit a guy. Next shift, he goes out and does it, kind of halfway does it, takes a penalty, pulls a guy down. I just, he, to me, he has not been effective in 13 games in March. He's got one goal. I saw, I saw, I saw exactly what you saw. Yeah. The one of the, we talked about this about a month ago and it was when Bunting was really hot and it was just the question mark that he's never been in this situation and this is all new to him. He's 26 years old. He's grinded it out. He now finds himself on the number one line, one of the hottest lines in hockey. And you're like, okay, uh, is he is he going to look calm, cool, collected? It's like that 
that celebration in the end zone for football, like act like you've been there before. Mm-hmm. How's he going to act down the stretch? And right now it's that sustaining that, that energy that yeah. he's having trouble with because he's never experienced it before. And he's not a big, heavy guy. Yeah. There is wear and tear on a guy that probably weighs uh, 165, 170 pounds. He's not, a, he's not Chris Kreider right. that can go in there and, and bump. He's not Mikheyev. He's not Engvall. Those guys are big boys. Right. So take a look at bunting right now. Going into this week, this would be the most hockey he's ever played in the last close to 10 years. Yeah. He's go Looks back like to it. his junior, go back to the American Hockey League. The Probably the most games he's ever played is around 65 games. Mm-hmm. He is now going from 65 to 82. And you, you, if you're Sheldon now, you start thinking about protecting this guy. Or it, it maybe, maybe Bunting needs a, a day off too. Yeah, you know, it's just, just to the, reset. It's actually the a good point. Because you yeah. have to get this guy ready and energized right now. And he's he's pushing snow right now. It's the physic physicality because he's dropped. It's, it's, he's the, not as, it's the physicality of him. Yeah. He's he's spent a lot of energy. Sure, he's in been the last amazing. Little, mentally amazing. and physically. Sixty six games, twenty goals, thirty one assists, fifty one points. He's been unbelievable. To me, the biggest difference when I watch it is that he doesn't seem to have the same energy to get to the good areas that he was before to find the net. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's still he's still engaged. He's still mixing he's a great it up. Player. And I I've loved him this all year. Is, but it's it's a tough time. This is him managing his thoughts and his emotion and his energy. And it's a process that he's never been through before. He is learning so much right now. For sure. On what works, what doesn't work. Now you start going back as a as a as a player. You're you're revisiting uh, your practices. You're revisiting uh, your sleep patterns. When to eat, when not to eat. Mm-hmm. Should I take these vitamins? Because this is all new to him right now. He's got to find that energy. The first 40 games must have felt like a fantasy for him. Sure. And, and the last 20 work. have felt like a job to him. Yeah. Right. And now the expectations, you're not, it's not house money anymore for bunting. We expect this from you. Yeah, the expectations really changed, didn't they? You know, who's going to be on that line to like, you can't take him off the line. So, oh man, I'm plowing through the break. Okay. The, uh, the other question, and just SN got to ask, <laughs> I'm going to drop on this, is is there a chance that the chase for 50 goals and 54 goals in the franchise record is affecting Matthews in some way? I thought that the last two or three games was his worst stretch of hockey this season. I know they've won them all, yeah. and I'm not yeah, allowed to say that. And he's he's scored, awesome. Matthews, and he's he's scored, scored in every yeah, one. He's, yeah. he's scored every game. Yeah, and I know that. But he's had th- all three of the last three, yeah. three games. He's had a turnover high in the blue zone that, or by the blue line that's led to a rush the other way. There's, it's been – the, 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 like, the, the, got to ask. The point four empty netter the yeah. other night just showed, like, relief for it's him. It's on the mind, right? Like oh, he's 100%. That How could it not be? I know, and that's fine if it yeah. is on the mind. I'm just wondering if, it's, if he gets through it, it'll be better for him that he can just play again. I, I will say this. His pass to Marner last night, maybe may, may the best pass I've ever seen him make. <laughs> that backhand sauce landed Bare, flat. On and this leg. is what I've been telling you guys. And again, the bar is high on this guy. It's all. That's what I love to see out of him. On his goal, his backhand as sauce to Marner is nasty too. As a centerman, you have that that type of pass in your golf bag. That is a weapon right there. Oh, I know. And it it just got to the point for me where if he's thinking shot first, you know, it, it now all of a sudden, if he can start making those type of passes into his game, mm-hmm. it takes how dangerous he is to another level. That was a world-class it was. number it was- one centerman playmaking pass. And you know what? Your boy Mitchie there, he hit that one. That's a hell of a one-timer. He also hit one against Florida that night, made a huge save on his The seat. muffin is dead. The mu- <laughs> he's up to hey. it. He can hit him. He can shoot it.
I would like to say that I just mentioned a bunch of great Matthews plays after saying he hasn't played great the last few games. I have timestamps on all the turnovers and everything (laughs) for the last handful of games. Got them in your journal then, I got them in my journal. So trust me, they're there. Um, He can be better than he's been outside of the the great plays he's made. Anyway, we got to go. Okay, we'll take a quick break here. Jim Ralph, Toronto Maple Leaf Radio Color Analyst. Uh, He'll uh, he'll go against everything we said in the last 45 minutes. Uh, Will he? No. He knows the Leafs better than anybody. We'll bring him. After the break, you're you're listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leaf Sabres tickets on April 12th is Thompson. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jim Ralph will join us momentarily as our producer Semi gets him on. A lot of buzz today on the chat. Yeah. Well, you know things are good in Leafs Nation. I just saw someone saying Marner's better than McDavid. You know we're on a tear at that point. I love it. Almost a thousand <laughs> watchers so far, which is awesome. If you like the program, uh, hit the like button just for Sammy. Sammy loves that. So does Jimmy Ralph. Ralphie, they're going to hit the like button for you. You have any idea what that means? The like button? (laughs) (laughs) The what now? Who's it? Are you going to retweet it? (laughs) Hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, You called the game last night. Uh, So many places we can start, but let's start with your expertise, uh, the goaltending and I've said this at the top of the program, uh, Ralphie. I, I can't ever recall seeing something like this out of any any teammate that I've ever played with. Uh, can you recall anybody that you, over your career, that uh, had as much bad luck? Is it bad luck? Is it something else uh, when it when it comes to Peter Mrazek? Um, yeah, I, I can remember something like that. That, that was me, Kip. I played through it. <laughs> I played hurt for seven years, and this is the first time I've ever come out and admitted it. Well, <laughs> we call this no, an exclusive. I, no, I don't know if it's bad luck, but I mean, you, you've got to go be. You know, there, there are some goalies that, and I think it, it's you know because of the style everybody plays now, you're, you're prone to certain injuries, and some guys worse than others. Um, I think we saw it with uh, James Reimer when he was in Toronto, certainly with Freddie Anderson. And now Morazic. And uh, the irony is, is when you go to the David Ayers game, uh, who got hurt? It was James Reimer and Peter Morazic uh, that brought in a third goalie. So it's, uh, yeah, this has been something that's, um, you know, it's not just this year. This has been the last few years for Peter Morazic. Yeah, and it's uh, obviously a concern for the Leafs. What are your thoughts on uh, Shelgren's showing? Obviously, put in a tough spot, and uh, and how the defense played in front of him during her, his you know forty eight minutes of hockey. Yeah, you know what, funny. I thought he made some good saves in the second period. Uh, actually, a couple, you know, before the first period was over. Um, you know, the DeBrus goal goes off the skate, the deflection. I don't think there's there's anything he can do. Uh, the one off the backboards is, is kind of a tough one when it's chipped under his arm and goes far side. Um, and then the Taylor Hall one, um, you know, reading the, the NHL statement, there was no contact. Uh, I haven't seen that angle yet. <laughs> I was pretty sure I was pretty sure there was contact. But anyway, so I, I thought, um, you know, under, under the, the circumstances being down to 4D, uh, I thought they handled it well. I mean, I thought for the most part, um, you know, in the third period, and I think they they lobbed the puck out of their own end more in the third period than they've done in any game all year this year. So I I thought they managed the score and, and the game pretty well. And that basically has been an issue at, at times uh, throughout this season, uh, uh, taking unnecessary chances, pinches. We've talked about getting caught on odd man rushes. Uh, maybe their most. It's great that you have the big lead, and I, I know that. Uh, Probably Lee fans and Sammy weren't happy with the last uh, three goals by the Boston Bruins, but uh, the geo factor when it comes to managing the game, it, it's sort of bled into this team, especially the defensive core. 
Yeah, but even uh, Kip, there, there were a couple of times shorthanded in the third period that they could have actually tried to, to generate a scoring chance. And instead, they pull up and just dump it in. Or, or McKayev at one time turned back in the Boston end and, and threw it back into his own end to kill off more time. So I thought, uh, you know, when you talk about game management, uh, that's where I thought they were good. They, um, you know, they weren't up 6 1 and, and tried to make it 10 1. I thought they knew they had it up. And yeah, you don't like the three goals against. But like I said, I, I don't look at them as being, you know, these huge breakdowns. Although, you know, all done around TJ Brody, who. Uh, what did he play, 26, 27 minutes. So uh, fatigue uh, may have been a factor at that point. So the NHL didn't see contact from Taylor Hall with his skate. They didn't see a ton of contact with his fist either, apparently. They gave him a suspension for the right hand to Ilya Labushkin's chin. Uh, sorry, they gave him a fine, yes. Um, what were your thoughts on the NHL's decision uh, or their ruling on the Labushkin punch? You know what, Bonnie? I'm trying really hard not to be surprised by anything, draw comparisons to other. And I, I know, Kip, I sent you the, uh, uh, you were, I'm sure you've talked about yeah. Dylan Larkin got suspended for uh, throwing a punch, very similar play with Matthew Joseph. Um, but if you look at, say, Milan Lucic's history, I think he's been suspended once. I believe it was Cole Sherwood in, in Columbus uh, for punching a guy with his glove on. And he has done it to Zadorov, who's his teammate now in, in Calgary. He's done it to uh, uh, Patrick Coletta, uh, uh, Pionk last year in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, Milan Lucic has, for some reason, gotten a credit card uh, for throwing punches. There's been the odd fine, but for the most part, it's been nothing. I mean, you, you can search last year, they're, they're playing Winnipeg. He hits a guy from behind on the boards. I believe got a major there, but no suspension. Pionk comes into the scrum, and then Lucic suckers him. There was no suspension for that either. So uh, I, I think what we end up doing, even you know, within a game itself, uh, we always try to, I, I don't know if you guys had brothers growing up, but if you develop the mentality, well, if he could do this, then I should be able to do this. And that's not the way it works. There doesn't seem to be any relation. It's like the, the younger brother always gets the, the favorite treatment. And, and you, it, it's frustrating because you want to sit down and say, okay, Here's the Dylan Larkin play. Here's the Taylor Hall play. Well, what was the difference? And, and and I'm asking not as criticism, but to say educate us as to why very similar plays. One's a one's a suspension, and one's a, one's a fine. We're talking to Jim Ralph, Toronto Maple Leaf Radio color analyst. If you watch a Taylor Hall sucker punch, essentially Labushkin. You watch Marchand cross check. Tavares and both minimal or, or no repercussions, a 10-minute misconduct, whatever. Is is that kind of open up for other teams to watch this and say, yeah, we'll, we'll take runs at this Toronto Maple Leaf team? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean if, if you get to the point where you can get away with it. I mean, it's funny that, you know, Marshawn got away with cross-checks, which I, I don't think were, you know, horribly vicious. But if there's a crackdown on cross-checking this year in the league, you think, Maybe one of them should have been called, and yet it's uh, the official gives him a ten minutes conduct because Marshawn was chirping the official. You know, it had nothing to do with what Marshawn was doing to Tavares. So, uh, you know, it would be it would be interesting to see uh, how a playoff series was called. And let's not forget uh, Shea Weber last year got a cross checking fine uh, in the playoffs against the Leafs. There was another one Edmondson on uh, on Wayne Simmons that wasn't a fine or a penalty. Uh, that was probably more vicious. Or, or to me, I would put the Edmondson one, uh, you know, ahead of what Austin Matthews did to get suspended. So, but like I said, that's that's where you start to drive yourself crazy is is trying to guess at how a game is going to be called. And and then in fairness to the officials, I mean, that was a, the great thing for us sitting down by the uh, the boards during the outdoor game is uh, is again realizing how fast it was and and how little space there is on the ice and. And it is the, the most difficult, by far the most difficult uh, sport to call. But uh, there are just some things that, you know, you have a hard time not shaking your head at. And, you know, that, uh, you know, even the fact that and I know this has been brought up a lot and some people are critical of you for bringing it up. But you know, fourth line guys in Arizona draw more penalties than Austin Matthews. <laughs> you know, there are just some things that you say, well, you know what, if uh, that would be a huge disadvantage if, if that continues on into the postseason. I mean, from a Leafs standpoint. And uh, I guess the only way around that is to say if, if that's 
you know, the uh, the precedent that's being sent, then allow it both ways. Don't call a holding penalty after you've allowed three cross checks and a sucker punch. Right. Ralphie, um, Austin Matthews is in the pursuit of 50 goals and Rick Five's uh, record. Uh, he, he has goals in three straight games, points in 10 straight games, two points last night, just like the night before. And I went on the show about uh, 20 minutes ago and said, I don't think he's played great the last couple of games. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe I've got a high bar for this guy, but w- what are your thoughts on his pursuit of, uh, of these records, how he's played? Is it affecting him or is it just he's ticking along like he normally does to your eye? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree that, you know, obviously there's, there's games that he's just absolutely dominant, the best player on the ice, but at least reminds you of a, a hitter that can go four for 20 and hit three homers, uh, you know, bases clearing double. <laughs> You know, that, that all it takes is that one moment, uh, that split second for him to be the difference in a game. So uh, I, I think that's that's what's impressive, though, Borny. You could say that, you know, he's he hasn't been as dominant the last few games, but, but yeah, an eight, nine-game point streak. And it's, uh, Kip, you might remember, like, you'd, you'd see Gretzky in a game, and you go, you know what, he wasn't that noticeable when he, you know, he ended up with a goal and five assists, but he didn't really <laughs> dominate, you know, the way we've seen him in other games. And, right. And, and I think the the great players are like that. And and to me, even goaltenders, you can see a goaltender at times. He's having a tough night. He's fighting the puck, but all of a sudden he makes three great saves and a five four win in the dying minutes to win it for you. And I think that's what you know kind of separates the mortals from the superstars or the guys that, that maybe not a hundred percent on their game, but still factor into a win. I recall, I don't know when, it was maybe six weeks ago watching uh, one of the sports telecasts, maybe it was uh, Sportsnet, and uh, someone said that, uh, well, the Leafs should get their full roster finally. And I don't think it ever, <laughs> ever came. Today we're looking at Muzzin, Sandine, Hall, Kasha, Mrazek now, Labushkin, Campbell. I mean, that's, that's a lot of guys on the sidelines here. At what point do we ask ourselves if this team even has the, the durability uh, to go a couple of rounds in, in the playoffs. Is it an issue, or again, is this maybe just some, some hard luck, bad luck? Well, I mean, I mean, I guess, you know, hopefully what we've got, what, five weeks left before the playoffs start? You know, hopefully this is, what, the, the second wave or third wave where we're going to get through it, uh, you know, into the postseason. But uh, but I think what you're going to find, because so many teams, and, and the Leafs have a, a really busy April coming up, but but everybody does. And and you might see a, a lot of injuries start to pile up everywhere. I mean, you know, that was hurt when Florida comes in. Um, a lot of teams are going through it. But I think when, when you're going to be playing every second day from now till the end of April, um, I think you're going to see a lot of teams go through this. And, you know, maybe from a lease standpoint, you know, you you hope that, um, you know, one of your core guys don't go through it and, and you slowly start to get everybody back and ready for the postseason. You know, another thing we've talked about on this show is the addition of Mark Giordano and how effective he's been for this team. You know, we're looking at you know, the last minute of hockey games. They're putting him out there. He seems like such a calming influence for them. Um, I'm assuming you've been impressed by him. How, what are your thoughts on how big a role he could handle in the playoffs? Is this a guy who can still play 20 minutes in a top four role? Yeah, I think he's proved that. I mean, yeah. the, uh, the, the thing, the, the great thing about, you know, the home games where you get to watch live is, is, is you get to see, you know, where he positions himself and how he reads the play. And, and I'm not making a comparison between Giordano and Nick Lindstrom, but even as Lindstrom got older, uh, he was so smart that, uh, you know, he could outthink you. He wasn't the most physical guy. Uh, he wasn't intimidating, but he was just so smart, uh, making a five foot pass out of his own, uh, you know, uh, the intercepting shots, blocking shots. And it, um, the best that I've noticed with Giordano, and, and I'll be honest, my, my expectations uh, weren't through the roof when he was brought in. I thought it'd, it'd be, you know, nice to have that experience and maybe help out. Uh, but he's, um, you know, he's still got it. You know, and that uh, I think maybe, uh, you know, sometimes you get a trade like from Seattle to Toronto, it rejuvenates you too. In saying that, uh with Lilligren kind of stepping up in the last little while, uh, you envision hopefully a, a healthy group, and it's never too early to talk about defensive pairs. Just ask uh, Justin Bourne here. <laughs> but who who is the odd man out, in, in your opinion? Uh, would it come down to Hall or Lilligren 
as a as a seventh D? Uh, you know what, Pip? I'm I'm going to say. I mean, we'll, we'll see what this injury is to to Hall. Uh, but since he got hurt in the, the outdoor game against Buffalo, I, I think he's been fantastic. You know, I, I think the last uh, you know, and, and maybe you know, you give uh, Joe Dano a lot of credit for that. But uh, to me, you know, even a what, what was the the goal uh, McKayev got set up by Marner uh, the other night against Florida? Justin Hall made a great play to get it out and took a big hit. Yeah. And was able to get it out, and it just seems like his, his skating is back to the, the what we saw most of last year, and uh, I, I think he's been dynamite, you know, with uh, with Giordano. So I don't know if I'd, I'd look at at breaking those guys up, you know. I think that uh, you know you've got something. So I, you know, if you know in a perfect world you get Muzzin back, uh, it might be you know you have Sandine and Lilligan ready if um, you know through injuries or, or whatever in the postseason. Yeah, they're going to play, right? We know how the postseason works. But it, it is interesting to think that, like, when Muzzin comes back, you know, I can suddenly see if a role for him maybe as a third-pair guy with the Leafs, which might be perfect. I think there are a lot of people watching him play this year going, you know, has he got too much on his plate trying to help Justin Hall be, you know, this this type of player that they they need him to be? And I don't know. It just seems like to me that Muzzin may have to do a little bit less with the addition of, of Giordano. Yeah, and, and you know you you still wonder the effects of, of two concussions, you know, right. within what six weeks of each other as well. So it's uh, you know it's probably the big thing is you're hoping uh, you can get him back to full health. And you know I think with uh, you know by getting Giordano and, and the way the the defense have been of late, I don't think there's that urgency to rush him back before he's ready. Um, you know, thankfully they're not they're not in a, a race to make the playoffs. It's, it's just all about seeding right now. So I'm with you. And, that, um, you know, it'd still be very valuable on the penalty kill and, and everything else. But, you know, maybe, you know, reducing the minutes can actually benefit them in the long run. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Ralphie, but uh, we've had you on earlier uh, this season on the show. Was it you that suggested maybe sometimes goalies are better when other goalies aren't there looking over their shoulder, backing them up, i.e. Mrazic with, Jack Campbell, was that you? Yeah, how, how could you question that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, who else, so... Who else would have said that? Yeah, that's right. Uh, the king of uh, looking over other people's <laughs> shoulders, Jimmy Ralph. So d- does that set up now uh, a Jack Campbell, who uh, we believe is now uh, cleared medically to come back? Does that set him up for a good stretch now with uh, mm. as, as early as maybe tomorrow night against Winnipeg? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Winnipeg might be a stretch. Probably Philly would be the, uh, to me, you know, get him a couple more practices in to get him ready. Because, I mean, the bottom line is you're still going to need two goaltenders through this stretch. You know, I, I think there's only three back-to-backs left. But when you're talking every second game, uh, you know, I, I think you, you want to have your guys healthy and, and, and rested, you know, as rested as they can be coming in. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's... Uh, it's a pretty good scenario for him, but, uh, but Peter Morazic, he's still, you know, too bad about the injury last night, but you got to give him a lot of credit for what he's gone through mentally and emotionally, you know, from being put on waivers to being booed on home ice to, to having some tough starts. And then he rebounded the way he did. Uh, that's probably what makes uh, the injury this time to Morazic, uh, uh, a little more painful is because it looked like he was starting to gain some traction and, and get back into it. And, and where Jack's lucky is, even though Campbell has struggled at times in the last couple of months, the fans haven't been on. They haven't booed him there. I, I think he's come across as such this wonderful character, this underdog guy that everybody's rooting for. Uh, he's always going to have the support of the crowd. Um, you know, for Morazic, I mean, that, that's where it was. Uh, you felt for him because he'd uh, he'd been through a lot and uh, looked like he was on his way back. But, I think, uh, you know, whether Morazic's out long-term or not, uh, you're going to need Campbell and somebody else um, to step up and, and provide some solid goaltending from here to the playoffs. But somebody else uh, with another injury could be the Leafs asking you to bring your equipment on the road. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I still have a collusion lawsuit going because my last year nobody would sign me. <laughs> so, you got robbed. So that's a, I was kind of been caught up in court, so until I get that done, kept I'd come back to the league, back to the uh, the league average. 
But there, uh, anything less than that, uh, I think, is an insult. <laughs> There's always hope for you, Jim Ralph. Really appreciate your time as always, pal. Hey, you know what, Kipper? Nobody has ever said that to me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> it's always the first on the real Kipper and Bourne show. Thanks, Ralphie. Jim Ralph, everybody. Toronto Maple Leafs radio color analyst. I think that's interesting. You picked up on that, uh, you know, Ralphie saying earlier in the year that Campbell has been great when he hasn't had pressure on him. And Campbell is about to not have pressure on him right when they need him to be good. There are some that would think there is a ton of pressure on him now. I guess it's different pressure. It's not pressure to to lose the crease. Like you used to be pressure to lose your job to someone else. Now it's just a, you know, lose. He's clear cut. Like, it's just now you're the, the guy. Man. He's the man. You're the man again. Would you, if you're not Jack, be feeling that now, going down the stretch, all this talk, the last how long now, right? Goaltending issues. What's going on? Are they trading for somebody? Look at our producer here. He couldn't wait Mm-mm. to drop Mark andre Fleury's name in. First star show. last night. First star last yeah. night. Like, Jack comes in and maybe has issues. That's all we're going to hear from Sammy from here to the end of the season. <laughs> is stats. Mark Andre Fleury updates. I don't I, want to deal with that. I think that it's better for him coming back in as the clear cut. Don't you? Yeah, I do too. If he's coming in with Mrazek, let's say in a in an alternate universe where Peter Mrazek doesn't injure his groin going down to a knee. Plays last great night. wins last night. Wins last Six night. He's, he's, they, look, they win. He's got three straight wins. He's playing great. And then Jack Campbell has to come back and not earn only his job, you know, earn it back. I think the fact that he's just getting thrown back in there, there's not a lot of one, not a lot of people pushing him. I think is actually good for him. I do. No choice. No, oh, he better be good because <laughs> yeah. boy, Mark Andre Fleury oh, updates just so on many the hours crossed. The thing is, like Andre Vasilevsky has been the goalie for the Tampa Bay Lightning for two straight years. He's played every game. They've won. You know, the Leafs have one guy. You kind of need your best guy to be healthy to win. They're going like this, like everyone else. Stay healthy. Play well. Fingers crossed. Yes, sir. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Shane O'Brien is going to join us after the break. Co-host of Missing Curfew, which, JB, you probably did on a few occasions. I did that fairly regularly, once upon a time. Am I going to read that in your book coming up? I think that will come up. Thank you for dropping the plug. Yes. Yes. Just Uh, quickly before we go to break, uh, when's the book coming out? uh, It's going to be February of 2023, so next, next Feb. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm going to read it for sure. Sammy still hasn't read mine. No shot. <laughs> Sammy's going to wait for the audio book to come out. <laughs> hey, I left three pages blank in my book for you to color, <laughs> Sammy. So go buy it. Thanks, buddy. Cheap bastard. <laughs> All right. After the break, Shane O'Brien, you're listening and watching on our YouTube channel, Real Kipper and Born.